Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Review. We'll be starting off in just a moment. Today on the show, we have Innocente Poe and Felix Lee, who will be sharing some music with us, and we're very much looking forward to having them here and for listeners at home to be able to hear their music. Um, these are both really extraordinary musicians, and I'm so grateful that they're here today. Uh, we'll be getting started off with some news. Uh, if you've been paying attention or not, uh, you might know that the SFPD... Uh, another man was murdered this past Thursday, and there was a town hall meeting uh, this past Wednesday. And there was a rally outside of City Hall at 11 a.m., and then there was a town hall meeting, which was scheduled for noon. And uh, they didn't let the Board of Supervisors know about this at all. Um, so it was a very last-minute uh, uh, type of thing. And uh, it was very, uh, very... Uh, a lot of people lined up to speak, and I'll be playing some clips from that today because uh, Chief Sir was there, who many people are calling to have fired, and he was flanked by a couple other officers, and many folks uh, are of the opinion that this was a lot of political theater, this idea of the, the chief showing up to say, oh, nothing's wrong, uh, you know, everything's okay, and just kind of, however he's been uh, lying Pretty much, they, there was one lie that he said that the officers who murdered uh, Luis Gongora that they came in and they were they spoke to him in Spanish, which is not true. And the video footage shows that it's not true. They kind of came out of their car within 53 seconds, shot bean, bean bags at him, and then shot bullets at him uh, all within 53 seconds. And that's not de-escalation at all. And all the witnesses who knew. Uh, Luis Gongora and were there said that he was not causing a threat which uh, goes against what the the SFPD's version of events are so they just continue to lie about it and they lie to people's faces about it which is disgusting and so the idea is what can be done uh, when there are murderers out there who our tax dollars pay for what can be done so I guess that's a that's a story to, to lead off on because um, that's happening right here in the mission, and it's been happening. It happens across the country when law enforcement ends up murdering the citizens that it's supposed to, that they are supposed to protect. And then what can be done against that? How do we police the police is the question. And there are some folks who don't necessarily acknowledge that this is happening or refuse to take part in it or... Um, think it's only just a few bad cops, but if it were just a few bad cops, then the other cops would turn them in, certainly. It's, this is not a, a bad apple situation. It's systemic, and it comes from the top down. And last week on the show, I played a clip of uh, NYPD officers who state just that, that they get orders specifically to target marginalized communities. And for folks to not recognize that and not believe that, I think uh, we need to make sure everyone's aware that this is happening, and this has been happening for a very long time. And now that's one thing with technology is that folks are able to record this and uh, spread the word. So, so there is there is that. So that'll be like the main story we'll be covering. Also, I'm gonna I went to this awesome talk last night at uh, the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, and I recommend everyone go to this exhibition. It's called Take This Hammer, and it's about art and media activism from the Bay Area. Highly recommend it. I believe the first Tuesday of the month it's free. If not, it's just 10 bucks or $8 if you're a student or have a library card. So it's, it's very affordable. It's multimedia. It's really cool. So what they had yesterday, um, in addition to the exhibition, they had all the artists there, and they had the curator interview artist A, then artist A interviewed artist B, and so forth, so on and so forth. So we really got to hear these really interesting conversations about what inspires people and what their the object of their, their work is is and it was really great so i highly recommend that folks check it out i think i'll even go back it's it's really great 
So uh, I'm going to read a list of the artist names here because I got the, the pamphlet here. And this is on exhibition uh, from, until August 14th. So there's some time to still check it out. You can go to ybca.org. And its hashtag is Take This Hammer, and I really highly recommend it. So the artists are the 3.9 Art Collective, the Indira, uh, Indira Allegra Anti-Eviction Mapping Project, Bay Area Society for Art and Activism, Cat Brooks with Black Lives Matter, an anti-police terror project, Counter-Strike, uh, Dignidad Rebeld Rebeldo, Rebeld, Leslie Dreyer, the Guantanamo Bay Museum of Art and History, Jeremy Mendy, Tucker Nichols, Ori Original Persia, featuring Daddy's Plastic, Pitch Interactive, Adrian Sky Roberts, Fabiana Rodriguez, Ruby Mountain, Stamen, and it was curated by Christian L. Frock. So again, please check this out, and maybe I'll read a little bit about this uh, as we go on. I'm still waking up a bit. Uh, a lot of this, it's really intense and great work, and a lot of this, it's... Uh, it takes some time to to decompress a little bit, and I've been thinking more about how the the burnout rate among activists and what everyone kind of goes through with going to actions and speaking up, and uh, this this a constant the the constant amount of energy and and time it takes, especially uh, as I mentioned before, when folks go into city hall and speak to the chief directly, and a lot of folks turn their back on him. And it was really just across the spectrum, the number of folks and the people who, who spoke. It was just really a lot of people. There was even a guy from the 1% who admittedly was like, I'm a 1%. I'm one of the one percenters. I own a business, and I think you're a disgrace. So to have someone uh, someone from that uh, call Chief Sir out like that, it was really – that was of the three events that I attended that day, that one – felt to be the most uh, electric in a way. And there are folks who are speaking outside City Hall at first at 11, which was great as well. So there's a lot of stuff happening. And again, this is a, kind of an accessibility issue too, because if these things are happening and folks are at work and they can't make it, then the whole community is not really able to be involved fairly. So I wonder what it would be like if everyone who wanted to be there, could be there, what that would look like. And even then, the one at noon, the room was packed. And I'm going to start by playing some clips from that, because I feel like that's a good place to start. Oh, yeah. So just there's just a lot to, to, to take in, certainly. So I'll be getting started with that. There's a few other stories we'll be getting to before we get to some music, which will be nice. It'll be nice to have a bit of a, I'm going to take a breath. I don't know why I'm so huffing and puffing. Uh, just there's just a lot going on. There's always a lot going on. So we opened up the show with music by Ribri, and you can find Ribri's music at Bandcamp, and it's Ribri Tree, and that's R Y B R E E T R E E. Ribri Tree, and Ribri Tree is on tour right now, so you can uh, you can find Ribri. Uh, they'll be up in the Northwest, and then later on on the East Coast, and so. You can find their music there. And then also, they've been on the show before. So uh, if you listen to previous shows, you can hear some more of Ruby's music, which is great. <sighs> deep breath in, deep breath out. Also, something that was addressed during the, the meetings was that the police have been harassing the folks on Shotwell. So they're harassing the witnesses. So folks who are already experiencing PTSD by witnessing a murder of their friend, the police were going in there 
and they slashed tents and they were taking belongings, which is messed up on any level. There's no way to, one can justify that at all. And there was a meeting at City Hall at 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, and Chief Sir was saying that they used a knife to, to take down the tent. And anyone who's taken down a tent, you don't need a knife to take down a tent. And also extremely ironic considering their whole defense, the reason that the, the cops said that they felt scared was because Luis Gongora said, they, they said that he had a knife, even though it was, folks say it was like in his waistband. Um, so, so for some reason, it's okay for the cops to use their knives to slash people's tents. But for someone who's living on the street to have one in his waistband, that's somehow a threat. Uh, it's just, there's no, there's no logic to that at all. And that's, that's just so disturbing. That's really, really disturbing. Oh, happy Friday, everybody. It's April 15th. If you believe in doing taxes, it's tax day. If you don't, then don't. I, of course, uh, I find it very troublesome that so much of the money from taxes goes into the military. And if we had a way to choose where that money went, how things would be quite different. I'd much prefer that to go to uh, education, uh, anything but uh, the military. I don't think they need any more money at all. <sighs> so thanks, everyone, for listening. It's Mutiny Radio. We are doing some fundraising here. If you check out the Weekly Review page, um, you'll, there is a link to the fundraiser. You can donate, and you can also sponsor shows. So if you'd like to sponsor the Weekly Review and hear more about the terrible things that people in positions of power do, you can donate and sponsor us. That would be quite lovely. And getting to the clips right now. And we'll be playing this for a little bit. And then uh, we'll be playing some music and then back with some more news. So first of all, I was going to play a clip from David Campos, who is Board of Supervisors, and he's pretty right on. And here he is from the meeting on Wednesday. The first, the first point is, Chief, I have to tell you that I'm, I'm very disappointed to have to be here uh, telling you that if this town hall meeting is so important, why wasn't my office informed of it? And I know that if I wasn't informed of it, that there are many residents of this community who don't even know that this meeting is happening. Is to maximize community involvement. Why would you have a community meeting at noon yeah. in the middle of the night? is close proximity to when the officer involved shooting. I'm sorry, Chief, but if someone gets, if someone gets shot at 2 in the morning, I doubt that you're going to have a community meeting at 2 in the morning. Second, second point, and I think this is really important. This is really important. And, and there are people here who may not like this, but I think it's really important. You have an ongoing investigation, supposedly to find out what happened in this incident. And yet, you've had a number of press conferences where you are already prejudging what happened in this case. Yeah. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are, but that, I'm not going to allow that. Let me, let me finish. Yeah. 
can you say that, Chief, when the investigation is still not go is ongoing? I ask SFPD, stop putting out facts until your own investigation is completed because it is actually doing a disservice yes. to this department. I didn't say what I believe happened. I've given the facts that came from interviews simply. You are prejudging. former police commissioner that said this to the president of the police commission. I think that we need to change this policy of actually having police uh, come out and hold these press conferences. We are trying to prove that this is what happened. I don't want you to prove anything. I am not jumping to conclusions about what happened here, but I also think that it's irresponsible for SFPD to do that. So I ask you, please stop saying anything until your own investigation is complete. That's what I ask you. to stop trying this case in the public. Last point. Last point. Last point. Last point. Last point to the mayor. We need the mayor to step up and actually show leadership on this point. Why isn't the mayor calling on the federal government, not cops, but the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department to come in and actually do a legally binding investigation of this police department. And Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, I will end by saying this. Blaming the homeless for what happened by cracking down on the homeless is not a solution either. First of all, I want to know, is there translation for any uh, migrante folks in here? No. Uh, I don't see that happening. Uh -huh. Well, I hope people know. And then the other thing is, um, why we're even talking to you at all? So I've been to these town halls before. This is a sham. I'm actually interested in talking to all these fabulous, conscious people in the room who actually are done with pro-life killings. Reparations for the death of Elmecar Lopez, uh, Mario Woods, and of the brother Luis Gongora. Because at this point, a class action suit suing you all for extrajudicial murdering of the black and brown and poor people of this city is what needs to be discussed. Yes. And I am not going to keep talking, but I'd actually like you to talk, all of you, or maybe Chief, about the actual uh, reparations that you're going to be giving the family um, again. Just like Almikar, this was an indigenous man, indigenous Mayan man with uh, three children, a father. Because we're unhoused, we're considered not human. Uh, and that's a lie of capitalism. But the first thing is, uh, he had crossed borders to come here and work and slave and clean and do all the things that the ruling class requires of poor people. And because he lost his apartment is why you predators could kill him. So let's get really clear about that. The linkage is clear. So to me, what's going on now is extrajudicial killings by you all of what you consider uh, people who have no protection. 
And that's why you went further when Adriano was there and actually kicked the tents. Um, and so we're working with unhoused people on the street right now to try to get them in motel rooms because many of them have been given, uh, you know, charges for poor people crimes by you all who are consistently harassing poor people for the sole act of being unhoused like me and my mama were. And so now they don't even want to go into these so-called navigation centers, which are a lot of uh, profit, non-profiteering as far as I'm concerned, and politricstering. But the reality is, I think that there's an amount of money owed immediately to house the folks on Shotwell who are re-traumatized by what you all have done to them, and also for the act of uh, violating the UN Declaration on Indigenous Peoples, which is if Indigenous people cross to this uh, United Snakes of America, they should never be considered illegal because no one is illegal. Justice for Albuquerque Lopez, justice for Mario Woods, justice for Luis Gongoro, justice for everybody you killed. All right, and welcome back. So uh, that was another clip um, from <sighs> from the town hall meeting, and that was uh, Lisa Tiny Gray Garcia speaking. And now we're going to play a clip of what happened um, in front of City Hall. And this is uh, Christopher Mohammed, who is uh, speaking to SFPD uh, Chief Greg Sir. This is uh, from the, t the town hall meeting that took place on December 4th, 
Francisco. So that was Christopher Muhammad uh, speaking on December 4th, 2015 at City College in San Francisco, and that was the uh, SFPD town hall meeting. Uh, so this has been going on for quite a while, and these are just a few uh, examples of folks speaking out against it, against police brutality. Now, the next story is going to go into that as well, and this is about, uh, so a few years ago, there were the, the cops at UC Davis who ended up pepper spraying some students for no reason at all, and now there, it's reported that UC Davis has spent thousands of dollars to scrub pepper spray references from the internet. This is from the Sacramento Bee, and this came out on April 13th. Uh, so uh, this is written by Sam Stanton and Diana Lambert. UC Davis contracted with consultants for at least $175,000 to scrub the internet of negative online postings following the November 2011 pepper spraying of students and to improve the reputations of both the university and Chancellor Linda P.B. Katehi. Uh, newly released documents show the payments were made as the university was trying to boost its image online and were among several contracts issued following the pepper spray incident. Some payments were made in hopes of improving the results computer users obtained when searching for information about the university or Katehi. Uh, results that one consultant labeled venomous rhetoric about UC Davis and the chancellor. Others sought to improve the school's use of social media and to devise a new plan for the UC Davis Strategic Communications Office, which has seen its budget rise substantially since Katehi took the chancellor's post in 2009. Figures released by UC Davis show the strategic communications budget increased from $2.93 million in 2009 to $5.47 million in 2015. We have worked to ensure that the reputation of the university, which the chancellor leads, is fairly portrayed, said UC Davis spokeswoman Dana Taposis. We wanted to promote and advance the important teaching, research, and public service done by our students, faculty, and staff, which is the core mission of our university. Money to pay the consultants came from the communications department budget, Taposis said. Uh, it's one more example of how out of touch the leadership at UC Davis is when it comes to their public perspective. And that quote comes from De Doug Elman's public affairs consultant. The documents outlining the expenditures were released to the Sacramento Bee this week in response to requests filed last month under the California Public Re Records Act. The documents reflect an aggressive effort to counteract an avalanche of negative publicity that arose after the November 18, 2011 pepper spraying of student protesters by campus police. Fallout from that incident continued for more than a year as investigations and lawsuits played out and spawned criticism of UC Davis and demands that Katehi resign. 
In January 2013, UC Davis signed on with a Maryland company called Nevins & Associates for a six-month contract that paid $15,000 a month. Nevins & Associates is prepared to create and execute an online branding campaign designed to clean up the negative attention the University of California Davis and the Chancellor Katehi have received related to the events that transpired in November 2011, a six-page proposal from Nevins promised. Online evidence and the venomous rhetoric about UC Davis and the Chancellor are being filtered through the 24-hour news cycle, but it's at a tepid pace, the proposal said. The objectives Nevins outlined for the contract included eradication of references to the pepper spray incident in search results on Google for the university and the Chancellor. That objective was to be achieved by advising UC Davis officials on the use of Google platforms as part of an aggressive and comprehensive online campaign to eliminate the negative search results for UC Davis and the Chancellor. Online reputation management is a growing field in which companies offer to improve Google and other search engine results by churning out positive news stories, press releases, and announcements to minimize previous negative results. Some schools also use them to help students clean up their online presence before graduation. I would say that it is common for an individual who might be applying for a job or an individual who has been wrongly maligned to go to a company like reputation.com, but for a public university that is funded through taxpayer funds who has repeatedly stepped into a vast hole, it is surprising that they thought this could be done without the light of day shining on the act, said Doug Elmans, a, San a Sacramento public affairs consultant. It is one more example of how out of touch the leadership at UC Davis is when it comes to their public perspective. Elmitz said online reputation management is usually achieved with software that is used to scrub the more outrageous accusations or allegations. If a person puts UC Davis in a search engine, it would eliminate some things initially, but a person would only have to dig a little deeper to find anything that needs to be told, he said. The release of the documents comes as Katehi is once again under fire, this time for her acceptance of seats on private corporate boards, including a textbook publisher and a for-profit university that was under scrutiny by the Federal Trade Commission. First, revealed in the B, her outside board positions have sparked calls for her resignation as well as student protests. Students have occupied the reception office outside Katehi's office since March 11th in a sit-in that they say will last until Katehi resigns. The school's effort to manage its reputation continues. Deposis said the university has hired one outside consultant since March 1st to work on the school's image. On March 2nd, the Sacramento Bee published a story about Katehi taking a board seat on DeVry Education Group, which is under scrutiny from federal investigators. Reaction to word of the online reputation expenditures sparked new criticism by a lawmaker who is one of four to call on Katehi to step down. It is troubling that the administration chose to spend scarce public dollars and to nearly double its PR budget when tuition soared. Course offerings were slashed and California resident students were being shut out, said Assemblyman Kevin McCarty, who chairs the Assembly Budget Subcommittee on Education Finance. These findings just raise more questions about university priorities. The Nevins proposal for UC Davis stated that it would employ the expertise of founder David Nevins, a former chairman of the Maryland Board of Regents, and counter negative search keywords for UC Davis by using a surge of content with positive sentiment and off-topic subject matter about the university. The proposal called for the university to adopt a more involved relationship with Google platforms. Google has a prosperity to rank Google-hosted content and advertising above others in search results, the proposal said, adding the suggestion that Katehi consider using Google to host an online hangout to field questions from students and others, something the proposal notes President Barack Obama did in 2012. 
The proposal also suggested using Google Hangouts to co-host programs with Aggie TV and KDVS, the university's student-run television and radio stations. This would be similar to radio shows hosted by KDVS that were attended by former president and California governor and asshole Ronald Reagan. That's my label, not the articles. The proposal said, Nevin's office said Wednesday he would not comment on the contract. Records show the university paid Nevin's firm $92,970.73 through July 2013, including travel and lodging costs for Nevin's associate Molly White. White did not respond to messages left for her last month or Wednesday, but a resume posted for her on LinkedIn cites her experience handling a successful six-month long strategic SEO search engine optimization and online reputation management campaign for the University of California Davis and Chancellor UC Davis officials said they they still were working to respond to requests for documents by the Bee and did not provide any reports or memos explaining the results of the contracts. Currently, Google searches for UC Davis pepper spray produce nearly 100,000 results, while searches for Katehi pepper spray pull up roughly 10,800 results. In the aftermath of the pepper spray incident, which occurred as police were attempting to break up a protest and sit in on the campus quad where tents had been set up, UC Davis officials scrambled to contain the fallout as videos of the incident were viewed, by, were viewed millions of times on the web. Court filings show that campus police Lieutenant John Pike, who was seen calmly spraying seated students in various videos, was bombarded with more than 10,000 text messages and 17,000 emails that included threats and harassment. The university itself released nearly 10,000 documents 11 months after the incident that illustrated the worldwide negative reaction to the incident and officials' attempts to contain the damage. Three months after the release of documents, the university contracted, contacted contracted with Nevins to find ways to remove the incident from internet searches. The Nevins contract apparently ended after six months in mid-July 2013, but UC Davis's efforts to improve its online reputation did not. In June 2014, the university hired Sacramento-based ID uh, media partners in an $82,500 contract to design and execute a comprehensive search engine results management strategy. The firm, which does business under the name IDMLOCO, said in documents provided by the university that its primary goal was to achieve a reasonable balance of positive natural search results on common terms concerning UC Davis and Chancellor Katehi. A second contract was awarded to IDM Loco on February 2015 uh, for a fee of $8,000 a month, up to a limit of $96,000, to develop an integrated social media program for executive communications. IDM Loco was awarded a third contract in September 2015 for $22,500 a month, or a maximum of $67,500, to provide an assessment of the university's strategic communications redesign. Given the recent changes in the strategic communications team, this is the right opportunity to fully understand and thoughtfully design an organization that maps to the chancellor's goals for the university, IDM Loco said in a proposal to Carl Engelbach, Katehi's associate chancellor. IDM Loco has offices on L Street and was co-founded by Matt Egan, a campaign aide to former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and Brian Merica, a technology consultant who is also a co-founder of the Fox and Hounds blog that focuses on politics and business. Merica and Egan did not respond to requests for comment Wednesday. Huh. So there we go. A school, public school, paying instead of paying, you know, to help folks with tuition or to offer classes or to pay teachers. Instead, they're using their funds for PR to 
try to get rid of uh, the impacts that happen when a campus police officer attacks students. What happens with the fallout with that? So that's a pretty terrible way to use money. And uh, unfortunately, it's not surprising at all. So we'll play a bit of a, well, a bit. We'll play some music and then get back with some more news. And then we'll be joined by Innocente Poe and Felix Lee around 1 p.m. So keep on listening. And here's another song from Rib Reed. Welcome back. There's a theme of the show, and that's pretty much people in positions of power who just fuck things up for the rest of us. That seems to be a recurring theme every week. And uh, this is a story that comes from Think Progress, and this is about immigration. And this is ICE agents are arresting teens on their way to school. And this was written by Esther Yu C. Lee, and this came out on April 14th. 
Uh, 18-year-old uh, Jeffrey Sorto Hernandez was waiting at a school bus stop at 6.20 a.m. when an unmarked white Ford pulled up. Two U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents got out of their car. They were wearing jeans, vests, and guns. The agents asked Jeffrey, who was, who was from El Salvador, about his identity. Jeffrey's school bus arrived while he was being handcuffed. The agents led him to their car as other students on the bus watched the scene unfold. They took Jeffrey to an immigration detention center where he continues to await his deportation proceedings. Jeffrey is just one of hundreds of teenagers arrested by immigration and customs enforcement agents so far this year, as the Obama administration has carried out extensive immigration raids focused on targeting Central Americans who crossed the border after January 2014. Jeffrey was swept up in a raid known as Operation Border Guardian that took 336 people into custody. Stories like Jeffrey's have recently made national headlines in part because they appear to contradict ICE's own policies. Immigration agents have typically agreed to avoid arresting teens at sensitive locations, such as churches, hospitals, and schools. <coughs> Field officers are supposed to exercise discretion in these cases to avoid causing significant disruption to the normal operations of the sensitive location, according to a 2011 policy memo. Nonetheless, there are plenty of recent examples of immigration authorities arresting kids on their way to school. Just as ICE's own policy memo outlines, these disruptions have immediate effects. Panicked students who saw what happened to Jeffrey on, from the bus quickly spread the word about his detention at their high school in Charlotte, North Carolina, and teachers in the area began seeing a noticeable change in students' attitude and attendance. The same month as Jeffrey was picked up by immigration officials, 19-year-old Wilden David Guillen Acosta who came to North Carolina from Honduras after gang members threatened his life, was arrested outside his home as he was leaving for high school. The day after Wilden was detained, one-third of students in his English as a second language class were absent. According to a document pulled together by numerous Durham and Charlotte area teachers and obtained by Think Progress, otherwise stellar immigrant students have taken numerous absences, have dropped out of school completely, or have been suspended from school for having their cell phones out during class because they wanted to make sure that their family and friends were safe. <coughs> At least 10% of freshman students told their teachers that they were afraid that they would come home to family members who had been detained. Even some legal immigrant students have stopped attending school concerned about the safety of their family members or friends. We lost two students in the past month, Rebecca Costas, an English language teacher um, English language learner teacher at Myers Park High School in Charlotte told Think Progress. One student at Costa's school refused to go home after agents stopped him at a bus stop, afraid that he would lead agents to his undocumented parents. Another student dropped out because since he has a final deportation order, he's too nervous about coming into contact with ICE agents who will send him back to his home country. That's a huge deal with students who have been doing really well in school, really improving, and now feel like they can't come to school, Costa said. This has a lot of impact on student behavior. Their experiences in their native countries were bad enough, and the journey over was very traumatic. A lot of kids coming over here are clearly exhibiting signs of PTSD, depression, mental health issues. These current raids have just ex exacerbated that. Some students have complained about phantom illness so that they can go home to be with loved ones. Holly Harden, a teacher at Lakewood Montessori Middle School and a member of the Durham Association of Educators, wrote in an email to Think Progress. I talked to a third grade teacher this week who has a student with lots of stomach pains every afternoon, Harden said. In inquiring why, about why her stomach hurt, she said, I'm afraid my mother will be deported. I'm afraid she won't be home when I get there. Teachers throughout our district are seeing and hearing this. 
The raids have ignited controversy over Obama over the Obama administration's long-standing struggle between enforcing border security and allowing undocumented immigrants with roots in the country to continue living without fear of deportation. The president has promised to finesse his immigration policies based on a felons, not families approach, saying that ICE is focused on going after criminals rather than targeting mothers and children. But advocates have criticized the way that raids in states like North Carolina have actually targeted students as they made their way to, to and from safe spaces. ICE denies that it's been targeting students at schools or bus stops, according to the Charlotte Observer. But the agency has also defended the recent arrests, saying that the teens taken into custody are already received final, all already received final deportation orders or lost their court cases. Immigrants and community members have been reeling since the raids took place, but they have also been inspired to become active on behalf of each other. The Durham Public School System passed a resolution calling on the administration to stem the raids, noting that the school attendance should be encouraged and that the schools must be safe sanctuaries, and teachers and unions began standing up and speaking out on behalf of the students. Those students who are picked up and detained are not a threat to public schools or the citizens of North Carolina, Rodney Ells, president of the North Carolina Teachers Association, told Think Progress. We feel they should have an opportunity to pursue their education, and so we're definitely opposed to any process that would involve snatching kids on their way to school or detaining them. In Charlotte, Costa said that the parents said that parents talked about doing carpools for children who felt scared or unsafe going to their bus stops. The school has also planned to do a Know Your Rights presentation with immigration lawyers to help people know that they have a right to have legal representation. And some allies have offered to go to the bus stop to stand to stand with the kids as a symbol of solidarity. Costa said. In Durham, Riverside High School students distributed white strips of cloth for students to show support for Wilden after his detention, and students also organized a rally at Butterfield's office. They cut 500 armbands and handed them out at school, Allison Swaim, a Riverside High School ESL American history teacher in Durham, told Think Progress. All the bands were gone by lunchtime. <sighs> so, again, we see officers lying and causing more harm than good. I personally don't believe in borders. Uh, I don't really believe in law enforcement either. And uh, the bright side is the folks kind of coming together in solidarity. So that's one positive thing. So I'll get to one more story and then have a music break and then we'll be back with uh, Innocent Poe and Felix Lee. Again, both really wonderful musicians and I uh, feel grateful that they're here and to share their music with you all. So this comes from Trans Griot. And another similar, not similar, but another recurring theme of the show is uh, people in positions of power who are dicks. No, that's an insult to dicks. People in positions of power who cause harm. And the worst ones are the ones who are, I think they start, they sign bills that end up harassing the rest of us when we haven't done anything wrong at all. And so this is exactly about that. And it comes from Trans Griot, which is, uh, you can go to Trans Griot. That's T-R-A-N-S-G-R-I-O-T dot blogspot dot com. And it's news, opinions, commentary, history, and a little creative writing uh, from a from a proud African American trans woman about the world around her. And this comes out on this came out on Thursday, April fourteenth. Trans Guyat Perv Watch, the Tennessee GOP sexual harasser. As we've noted, on these electronic pages and elsewhere on the net, there has been a GOP legislative attack on the trans community spread across several states in reaction to their passivity over the. Oberge, 
Obergefell SCOTUS ruling. In Tennessee, the attack on trans people legislation has been co-sponsored by State Representative Jeremy Durham, a Republican from Franklin, who has pimped the debunked lie that cisgender men would pretend to be transgender in order to gain access to the women's bathroom. Well, it turns out that the Tennessee GOP would be better off passing laws to protect women from Representative Durham and his like-minded harassers. Rep. Durham, who is one of the co-sponsors of the unjust HB 2414, has been accused of harassing 34 women and was declared by Attorney General Herbert Slattery III, Republican, in a warning he issued after investigating the complaints to be a continuing risk to unsuspecting women who are employed by or interact with the legislature. With few exceptions, the women who related incidents felt they could not report Representative Durham's behavior because nothing could be done and they didn't want to lose their jobs or be considered untrustworthy by employers, clients, or legislatures, said A.G. Slattery. In response to the warning from the Attorney General, Tennessee House Speaker Beth Harwell, Republican from Nashville, had the trans oppressor exiled from his office in the War Memorial Building, moved to the first floor of the Rachel Jackson Building, and limited his access to the Legislative Plaza. I don't know why he still has a job. The second floor of the State Capitol Building and those buildings for official legislative business only. Durham has resigned from his positions as the House Majority Whip and in the Republican Legislative Caucus, and will be and will be the only legislator with an office in the Rachel Jackson Building. There have been bipartisan calls for his resignation, which he has ignored. So it will be up to his district to decide in November if they want to be continued to be represented by a sexual harasser. This is just one. This is just another example of what we have been saying in trans world. Those who have been squawking the loudest in pushing for these unjust laws aimed at the trans community and repeating the lie about phantom trans sexual predators to get them passed have turned out to be, as they were investigated, the real sexual predators. So this was written by Monica Roberts, and again, you can check this out at transgriot.blogspot.com. And yes, this is has been the recurring theme here. Um, so a few more, uh, I'll just go over the titles of a few more stories. Uh, there's one, you can find them on the Weekly Review webpage, which is at facebook.com slash weeklyrev. Uh, harassment and backdoor maneuvers alleged in aftermath of police shooting, and that's from missionlocal.org. I'll, re- I'll read the first part of that because we were talking about that earlier. And again, it's it's their continue the police's their behavior just continues to be so reprehensible. And it's from Mission Local. Harassment and backdoor maneuvers alleged in aftermath of police shooting. This was written by Joe Rivano Barros. Uh, two homeless witnesses to the fatal police shooting of Luis Gongora on Shotwell Street last Thursday say the police have harassed them multiple times since the shooting, most recently threatening them with arrest late Saturday night if they did not move their tents from the block. The pair temporarily moved across the street before returning to the block, where they were still staying on Monday. Both accepted placement to the navigation center over the weekend, along with others from the encampment, but said that they were unsure of going. Additionally, on Monday, an employee of the Department of Public Health, who wished to remain anonymous, said that the city prioritized residents of the Shotwell Street encampment for intake to the navigation center ahead of others who were in higher need of shelter. Uh, In a scene of the late-night raid caught on video by a witness, residents of the encampment uh, where Gangora lived had their tents dismantled by police near midnight on Saturday. Police at the scene said they were searching for a stolen motorcycle and did tow one away from one of the dismantled tents. And there's a video here that's included on the page. 
Um, uh, Stephanie Grant, one of the eyewitnesses to the shooting who has contradicted the police account, said Saturday night that officers have harassed her and her boyfriend multiple times since the shooting. They've been harassing him ever since he's gone to the gone on the TV, Grant said of her boyfriend, John Visor, another eyewitness who has been widely interviewed for his account of the shooting. Visor said Gongora posed no threat to officers and was trying to run away when he was shot at seven times. Gongora was a homeless resident of Shotwell Street between 18th and 19th Streets who police say lunged at them with a 13-inch knife, prompting two officers to open fire. Officers first yelled at Gongora to drop the knife and then fired four beanbag rounds at him. And video of the incident shows that officers shot at Gongora within 30 seconds of exiting their vehicle. Six witnesses have contradicted the police account and say Gongora did not lunge at officers with a knife. Three homeless residents of his encampment said the monolingual Spanish speaker did not understand the police commands and attempted to run away after being hit with the beanbag rounds. Three other witnesses also say they did not see Gongora lunge at officers. One, a passerby who spoke with Mission Local last week, said that Gongora had what looked like uh, trash in his hand and that she never saw Gongora stand up. Two neighbors who saw the shooting from their windows across the street said that Gongora stood stood up when shot by beanbag rounds, by bean, beanbag rounds, but did not threaten officers. The police department held a press conference on Friday and said at least three of the ten witnesses are interviewed by Gongora. Uh, interviewed say Gongora threatened officers with a knife. Police did not say. The other witness account stated. Uh, did not say what the other witness account stated, but are sure to speak with more at an upcoming town hall meeting that the department holds within seven days of any police shooting, uh, which is what I mentioned earlier on the show. Police have not yet decided on the date of that meeting. Two late night visits uh, in a row. Uh, homeless residents of the block have been fearful of police retaliation. Department of Public Works trucks picked up trash from the block on Friday near midnight just after city staff had moved nine people from the encampment to the Navigation Center, a homeless shelter that can accommodate entire encampments at once. But residents of the encampment were suspicious of the timing, saying that the city was scattering witnesses to the shooting. On Saturday, <coughs> uh, Grant and Visor said police threatened them with arrest after banging on their tent with batons, prompting them to move their tent a block down from the spot near where Gungora was killed. They told us that if we didn't move along, we were going to jail, Grant said. Uh, Markel Raybund, another homeless resident of the encampment, said the police also told him to move from the area and threatened to arrest his threatened arrest if his tent was not gone from the block by daybreak. Raybund also said the police kicked and shattered candles near his tent meant to memorialize Gungora, a good friend of Raymond. A good friend of Raybund. They kicked the tent and broke the candles, saying, get out, get out, SFPD. If you don't get out, we'll take you to jail, he said. Others had no warning. Adriana Camarina, a local activist who filmed the encounter, said some residents left the encampment when police arrived and that the police proceeded to dismantle the empty tents. And they have a video here. Uh, it, was, it was those tents, I believe. It, it was three tents that had been bashed, Camarina said. Camarina saw at least three officers poking through the tents alongside a city worker in a neon yellow vest and said police exposed residents' belongings to the rain. There were people left without shelter that night, and it was still raining. The police department did not immediately return requests for comment on the search. All right, we'll be taking a bit of a music break here, and then we'll be back with some live music, so stay tuned. Don't. 
try if it's too much we can take our time and in the night would you stay Beautiful, thank you. So welcome back to the show. That was Innocent Depot and Felix Lee. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Ah, oh, just ah, <laughs> oh, so good. I don't have any words. I don't have any words. Just thank, thank you so much you. for sharing this with us. Um, yeah. So we're gonna be hearing from from both of you and then uh, you individually as well. So if you'd like to to start up with the the next song, feel free. Also, if you'd like to plug anything, uh, you can also. Uh, feel free to do that and use this as a place to share whatever you'd like. Oh, well, here. Uh, I will plug something. Here. You set up your thing, huh? Okay. Uh, so I have a, I'm going to be part of a show on, um, it's June 12th, and it's a part of the National Queer Arts Festival. Uh, there's a specific performance called Man to Man, and it features, um, people all across the spectrum of masculine identity um, performing their arts and expressing themselves and what it means to be a masculine identified person. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and that's going to be somewhere in SF. I don't have the exact details yet, but I'm really excited to be able to share my work um, as part of like Pride Month and whatnot. Excellent. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, so Poe wants to do a song um, that he has online. Okay. And so we need to be able to access sure. the song. Okay. Uh, if you want to bring it in here, I'll play uh, some music in the meantime. Yeah. And uh, I'll get it all set up. So we'll be starting up in, in just a bit. 
Here. All right. Yeah. All right. So you're listening to the weekly review with Roman, and we're going to hear from. Uh, here we go. Since the day you disconnected me On your desktop I see pictures of a younger me I know that now you're with someone new I'm still stuck on thoughts of me and you When you're near me I can feel your electricity My whole system freezes up in your proximity Click Safari but now it won't start I thought I'd try with the Firefox said that you would leave for my sake my sake you said that you would leave for my sake my sake you said that you would leave but don't take don't take you said that you would leave and you said that you would leave you said that you would leave you said that you would leave and then you stole my heart disconnected my parts breached my firewall and i couldn't start you said that you my sake, my sake. You said that you would leave for my sake, my sake. You said that you would leave, but don't take, don't take. You said that you would leave, and you said that you would leave. Then you stole my heart disconnected my parts breached my firewall and i couldn't start i've been offline since the day you disconnected me on your desktop i see pictures of a younger me i know that now you're with someone new i'm still stuck on thoughts of me and you when you're near me i can feel your electricity my whole system freezes up in your proximity click safari but now it won't start i thought i'd try with the firefox then you stole then you stole my heart then you stole then you stole my heart My heart disconnected my parts, breached my firewall, and I couldn't start. Then you stole my heart, disconnected my parts, breached my firewall, and I couldn't start. Then you stole my heart. Disconnected my parts, breached my firewall, and I couldn't start.
then you stole my heart, disconnected my parts. Thank you. Ah, so good. So good. Thank you, Poe. So next we're gonna hear another collaboration. So this piece is called Learning the Ropes, and uh, <laughs> um, it's one that I came up with the music for it, and Poe is adding his lyrics and his voice to it, and um, it's just like, it feels really good, so I'm excited to share this. Excellent. <coughs> phones.
así levántame otra vez elevame enfócame puedo ser reviéntame hazlo así levántame otra vez elevame enfócame puedo sexy definitely that was really beautiful so uh, what have the names of the pieces been so far that we've heard uh, the first one was the intro mm-hmm. uh and if we play it at the end it's called the outro yeah but <laughs> uh the second one was sad computer mm-hmm. and this one is called learning the ropes oh right on yeah What else do we have to say about them? Oh, um, do you want to hear more about them? Well, the intro um, I wrote when I was really depressed. It's like, I don't know, when am I not? But um, it's kind of like just, um, I don't know. It sounds the way my feelings feel and like the lyrics that were added onto it are just kind of, you know just laying everything out on the table like this is what i have i don't know if it's enough but like if you want if you're trying to like mess with it like i'm here and i'm existing like this it's kind of hard i'm trying to find new ways to stay in my mind i have like issues with dissociating um so like a, a lot of songs have like some sort of mental illness thing like added into the lyrics um but yeah that the intro is just a lot of feelings compacted into like five minutes um and sad computer i wrote when i was in high school and (laughs) um i don't even think it was for anybody i just like we had a bunch of macs that like you know were donated to our school and like when we got some new macs they would take the old ones. So I don't know if you remember, like, the, the first desktop that was really big and bulky and colorful. Yeah. That's supposed to be the sad computer. So they're in love with, like, the model that comes out after, which is, like, the big, bulky, white desktop. But then that big, bulky, white desktop is in love with, like, the flat screen desktop. So if you can imagine the sad, colorful computer pining over the other chunky white one who's pining over the flat screen. That's what sad computer is about. <laughs> it's a 
it's about Max being in love with each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I just, I want to tag on to something about the intro, which is just that, um, I think, yeah, when I first met you at the open mic at the new parkway, that was one of the songs that I heard you perform. That was a mess. And (laughs) even though I was like, I can tell you're going through it. I was like, I still want to like meet you and talk to you and make music eventually. Like, so I just like feel really connected to that song as well. So I'm happy that I can be on that with you and play um, the way I feel with the guitar. So, yeah. Yeah. Felix adds on like a whole like new layer of just beautifulness onto it. Just, uh, it feels great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. So, yeah, at the moment, Poe and I are working on performing together and we have um something that we call ourselves when we perform together which is cajeta and vinada and uh and uh what poe was telling me is that cajeta is like a it's kind of a spiced milky drink wait topping a topping oh okay okay so i still need to experience it wait you gave me some that's right yeah it was really good very sweet Use it like um, as a spread or on your ice cream, put it in your coffee. It's like a sweetener. It's kind of like caramel, but better because it's cajeta. <laughs> and I'm down with that because I love food. Yeah. So, um, and envinada just means that it's spiked, like anything in Spanish, like envinado. Probably put some rum in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the feel we're going for or what we bring um, as a, a duo. Um, sweet. Yeah. Um, So look out for us to, like, have more stuff. Right now, we don't have anything officially recorded. um, But we have the intro on YouTube. Well, yes, but not of the two of us playing. You have your solo intro piece, Um, right? Oh, no, the intro from Friday night is, from like, Friday. up. It's up? Oh, yeah. there's that, too. Okay, there's, so there's that there's on YouTube. There's, there's a, a video from a performance. Yeah, um, But cool. I couldn't tell you the link. Uh, oh, uh, if you Google Inopogu, I-N-O-P-O-G-U, it's on that YouTube. Um, and, yeah, Inopogu is my artist's name. He's okay. my shameless self-promotion if you want to see some funky artwork. Also, I'll sell it. I don't know. You can haggle with me. <laughs> it's just stacking up. There's too much of it. But, yeah, um, Inopogu is... We're talking about keeping it for, like, unofficial stuff. So if you want to see just goofy shit, we might record eventually. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Keep and checking that. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be sure to post it on the on the webpage here, and then this podcast will also be available for download in a, in a few hours. So it'll be up. Sweet. So you'll have another recording of, uh, the, of the two of you together. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Do you want to say anything about learning the ropes? Oh, um, sure. Because it's kind of like a beautiful existence of music. Thank you. I will give the credit to online schools. Um, (laughs) Well, not really, but I was doing this free online program on how to use uh, Ableton, which is what I used to make that song um, for the most part and perform it. And so it was just an assignment. I had an assignment for class, and that is kind of what came out of one of them and um yeah I just really liked it 
it didn't feel like homework. It felt like expanding my skills and also getting to have a new piece to share with people and then um, getting to collaborate on it with Poe. Um, because most of my stuff is uh, instrumental I, and not much for words, I think, poetically, <laughs> at least. And uh, so it's cool to have somebody singing on it and giving it an, a new life as well. Yeah. Well, it's awesome to hear you both individually and then also like together. I think you really complement each other. So it's really awesome that to hear you two collaborate. Thank you, Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> I have like hella blushing over here. <laughs> um, so uh, there's one other piece that I have to share, um, which is a, a sound healing offering. I just need a, a short moment to sure get things in place. All right. Sounds good. So while, while we're getting all set up here, I'll talk a little bit. We're raising, raising some money here at Mutiny Radio. We are a, uh, a collective here, so if folks feel like donating, you can check out our webpage. Go to mutinyradio.fm, find the info there. I've also been posting it on the Weekly Review webpage. Uh, we have shows here every day of the week. We have comedy and politics and music and everything uh, under the sun. So please keep on listening to Mutiny Radio. Coming up at uh, 2 p.m. will be Global Val with Women's Magazine. Following that will be Common Thread Collective. And tonight we've got some comedy shows. And uh, we also have the space available for rentals if folks are interested. Uh, we have rentals here, so you can check that out. Just contact us at mutinyradio.fm. We're located on the corner of 21st and Florida here in the Mission. So please do come by and, uh, and contact us. And you're listening to the Weekly Review with Roman. That's every Friday uh, from noon to 2 p.m. I like to read the news. I don't necessarily like to read the news, but I feel one must read the news. And uh, just to be aware of what's happening in the world and to work on how to hold people in positions of uh, authority who abuse their power accountable. And then in the meantime, to interview activists, community organizers, and feature the, the works and music and art of, of local folks here. So with that, we're all set. <laughs> we'll get ready. And so here is uh, Felix Lee with some uh, sound healing for all of us. Take it away.
much for that. That was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be able to offer that. So thank you for providing me the space to share. All blissed out. That the listeners are able to feel that as well. Mm, I hope so. It's really wonderful. So, yeah, after that, (laughs) I feel like I'm at a a loss for words, certainly. Um, But yes, just nothing but gratitude for for you two for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, for for sharing your music with us. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I am thankful for you too. So... Anytime you want to have us back, yes, we'd love to come and share space and share music. Oh, wonderful! Consider it an open invitation awesome. uh, for the for the both of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> so, um, where can we catch you both next time? Right. So I had mentioned earlier in the show, um, I have a performance on June twelfth. Um, my solo music, Felix Lee. And that's part of the National Queer Arts Festival. Uh, the event is called Man to Man, and it's about uh, masculine-identified people and how they express that through music. And um, then there's also something I'm doing on the 20th of May, but it's with somebody else, and the details are still forthcoming. So um, you can listen to my music, though, on... Um, SoundCloud, if you search soundcloud.com slash Felix dash Lee, L-E-E dash the number four, uh, you can find me there or on Reverb Nation, R-E-V-E-R-B-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com forward slash Felix Lee, that's all one word, you can find me there too, um, or Facebook as well. Very cool. Yeah, I want to also invite the two of you to come in to, to speak if you'd like. Uh, no pressure either way. If you wanted to come in and, and chat for a while, you're welcome to. Um, since we have a little bit of time left, thought we could at least say hi and, and use the time. So, yeah. So, if one of you would like to come over here, can do that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, nothing but gratitude, really. Um, I'm really glad that I've, I've met the two of you and then also had the privilege of seeing you perform um, both at the, the Oakland, the Spectrum Core Media open mic as mm-hmm. well as here. And uh, the music is really, it really is very healing. And, uh, yeah, someone who's not a musician, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's to be an audience member feels just wonderful. So thank you both again so much for sharing your... Uh, yeah, I just feel like I'm, I'm melting pretty much. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Thank you for letting us exist the way we do. I was talking to Felix about how I was like, I used to get shushed a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't really do my job because I couldn't sing while I was doing it. It's like hard to focus. So it's nice being able to just be music and just be, thank you really sure. for the space. Oh, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in our, it would be nice if artists were allowed more, more space to create. Um, as we all deserve the space to create and to be heard and seen, certainly. Definitely. And I, I feel passionately about people who 
don't consider themselves musicians or artists finding their own creative expression and what that looks like mm -hmm. so roman even though you don't think of yourself it seems as a musician i'm sure you're a creative oh. person in other ways and just like sure. it's so important to have that and to express it and then share it if that's what you want to do like to find that space absolutely yeah yeah i did have to sing killing in the name uh, last night at karaoke <laughs> <laughs> to, to get it out. Good. It felt yeah. very uh, cathartic and therapeutic. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, to, cool. to, to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's been like the way I use music and art yeah. for so long. It's like therapy, catharsis. Yes. Yeah. It also helps us connect too. Mm -hmm. Like in finding ways to, I mean, I do, I guess, spoken word. I don't even know what I would call it anymore, but it was stand up and then it went into storytelling and then it went back into stand up and then political ranting. Yeah. Maybe just, just speaking. Uh, it's feeling, having, I feel like in our American culture, there's just a lot of denial of the truth mm -hmm. and denial of expression and denial of emotion. Yeah. And I feel like the arts have been a way for folks to express themselves. Yeah. Agreed. So. Yeah, so it's good. It's good for us to find it, and then also I can only speak for myself but as a queer trans person. Certainly, like even more so, the desire to be seen as authentic and to be heard, and uh, I am grateful for uh, performance spaces to to provide that to to start with a, an exchange of either dialogue or just to get the conversation going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I do. Now I feel like you. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for oh. words after oh, yeah, so yeah. much music for a while. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh man, how do I say things again? Oh, it, <laughs> it really, the, the 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 sound healing really does have. I feel like kind of wrapped up, like mm -hmm. in a in a blanket. You know, it's like oh, nice and cozy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I love I love that. I love getting to share it because I should do it more for myself. But so when I have an opportunity to share it, I also reap the benefits of giving that and. Um, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started doing some theta healing, which is like an energy, uh, energy healing, which is, uh, definitely takes, I, I don't know how to really d describe it necessarily, but I feel like, I do feel the, after I do it, like it's, it's I'm doing it as a gift and then also what I feel afterwards, uh, reaping the benefits of that as well. Mm -hmm. Is that like binaural tones, or what? In what way are you approaching the like theta therapy? Um, just just through it's like just really just like it's similar to Reiki, but it's not necessarily through touch. Okay. So it's just through through the mind, I guess, oh. and uh, accessing creator or whatever greater being there is up there, and then going back in through the the crown chakra. So it's like definitely has like a new age. Uh, tint to it so mm -hmm. I reckon and it's I mean it works if folks believe it will work right. so there's definitely room if, if folks um, aren't really welcoming for it then it, it probably won't work but right. if folks feel like they you need to like have permission from the people who are experiencing it um, to, to do it and then um, however I've tried it a number of times and folks afterwards have said they, they do feel healed so mm. that's, that has a, that's a nice feel to it mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Right. yeah that sounds so. cool yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty open mm -hmm. to trying new things like that. Um, one thing I, I've done, like I, my ears perked up when you said theta waves because yeah. I used to do more of this in my own personal practice, which is using binaural beats. And um, so 
like theta waves we all have like these um different frequencies that the brain goes in and out of throughout the day and each one's related to different states of consciousness and theta waves if i remember correctly that's like isn't that dreaming yes that's dreams and rem yeah it's meditative state of mind and um so i i used to like listen to theta waves as i was going to sleep to induce dreams and whatnot, and so just kind of like experimenting with different stuff. It's cool. And yeah. It's using cool. sound yeah, yeah, yeah. as a, a way to shift consciousness. Yeah. Which is, ta-da, I'm getting to a point. That's, that's what I'm all about. <laughs> I love using sound to shift consciousness, um, to express and tap into emotion and all those different states of being. Yeah. 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 Very cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah well uh, yeah. thanks so much for, for being here and I guess we can we can wrap up the show unless mm-hmm. there's anything else you'd like to share um, yeah just yeah it's open space so I wanted to <laughs> just provide that uh, well we we like I'm gonna lay the pressure on myself and on you we said we were gonna oh. try to like put on a show but we're not sure of the venue yet and we're not sure yeah. when but <laughs> um, I would love it um, we can check in with the schedule it would be great to have you two here oh, um, yeah. that would be awesome yeah. and then that way also for folks who are unable to attend they also get to listen live and then there's also a recording of it yeah and so actually that'd be cool yeah so it's putting that on the table okay <laughs> good job Poe yeah <laughs> okay yeah. good <laughs> cool awesome yeah so we'll be in touch about uh, scheduling yeah definitely yeah. So awesome it'd be it'd be great to have you two here again and then yeah, have a good pressure to like audience. make mm-hmm. things yeah. yeah more music yes yeah yeah and yeah, after like the so the show I do is like reading through the news, which just ugh, it's you know <laughs> exhausting and very frustrating. And, yeah, um, having lot. having music is a really nice way to to balance and also just to recognize that there's a lot of great things happening in the world and it's not all terrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> terrible yeah. things. There's exactly. a lot of good stuff happening. Yeah, so we're and trying to be, and to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to connect with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay! Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank well. you, Roman. Yeah, thank you yeah, both thank so much you. for for coming in. Yeah. And yeah, it'll be up online and within a few hours. Sweet. So we'll link to that. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. This is Mutiny Radio FM. Uh, as I mentioned before, coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective. And so yeah. Uh, we plan uh, a, a breaker, and uh, so stay tuned to Mutiny Radio. And thanks again for listening. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, I didn't even see this one. That's great. I saw the slow and steadiest for the week. That's great. Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less 
expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts you won't want to miss a thing what if i can't be at every show don't worry all shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart oh podcast god i can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and mutinyradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. No 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds.
Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Just like you, such a few 